Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy Ben King. Ben, at the end of the game, Auburn won this one 27-21. A big win over Oregon. And I I felt that this was such a big comeback. And, and Andy Burcham, in his first radio call for for this game, at the very end, he said, do you believe that one? And Ben, wow. do you believe that one? I believe, sir. <laughs> I believe. I like it. Uh, what a great start to the Bo Nix era, to the Andy Burcham era, to the 2019 Auburn season. Man, the first quarter was rough. The first half, we made some adjustments. After halftime, Auburn took over. And what a way to end that game. Like, I uh, I said we needed some bare aspirin. Literally need to hand that out in the stands <laughs> and Jordan-Hare. But my gosh, that was a game for the ages. And all the bets that I had with the guys up in Oregon with work, oh, it's, it's going to be a really fun Tuesday. So are you going to send that bright orange button up to them where they have to wear that isn't it for every like until the season ends is that the way the bet is it's the rest of the year well rest of the year <laughs> perfect yep That's so amazing. i got the button picked out uh I'll, I'll shoot a photo or i'll post it on uh on twitter nice. after this but uh it's it's gonna be a good one this is gonna be awesome you should get your buddy uh to take a picture of it and say prove that hey i'm wearing this uh, oh for sure that'd be awesome we we have uh, monthly meetings where everyone has to get on like these teleconference things, <laughs> and so I'll be sure to point it out every single time. <laughs> Absolutely, it's got to be one of the first things you do. Um, ben, this was very much a comeback win, but also a tale of two halves. Um, oh man, was it? Like, what do you think changed from the first half to the second half, and why first half seemed a lot like? Man, it just seemed like the team that when we, when Auburn was struggling offensively last year, and then even at times I was thinking, "What's going on with our defense?" Even, and then yeah. I think things started the the adjustments happened at halftime. Something happened in the second half where we 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 did what we needed to to get this comeback win. Like, what what was your analysis of like why the two halves were so different? Well, first, hats off to Oregon, man. They are a good team, and they yeah. came well coached for the Gus Malzahn offense. They a lot were. of the trickeration that Gus has did not fool anyone. I they know. knew exactly what was happening. If we had a man running full speed ahead, they knew to cover the flats for a potential little pitch out. Every single time we had something that was a Gus Malzahn type of trickeration play, 
they knew exactly what to do to cover and play a good defensive front for that. So that was part of it. Oregon was well coached on offense and defense. Yeah. And in the first quarter, it really showed. They outgained us. Uh, what was it like? A hundred and something yards to very, very few on our end. I don't have the first quarter stats. Maybe you have that in front of you. Uh, But the first half overall, it was 199 yards to 161 for us, 14 to 6. And then we made the halftime adjustments. And we really saw Bo Nix grow up before our eyes. He made a couple freshman mistakes in the first half. And then he just took over. And to watch him, you know, down the stretch, corral the team together, and really lead as a true freshman in his first start in the second half was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, and, even I feel like even in the second quarter, some things started to start to click. Specifically, I'm thinking about on defense, and maybe not necessarily on oh, sure. offense, but defense. There was there was a some stuff that Oregon was able to do in the first quarter, and where they got a couple touchdowns up on us, and then I feel like the second half is when things things started oh this is what they're doing and our defense was shutting that down uh in the second half or the second quarter i i believe yeah it was oregon their offense only had 23 yards in the whole second quarter and then and that's compare that to the very first quarter of this game i think they had over 170 yards so you're looking at shutting them down and saying our defense is legit we we just needed to see what y'all are doing um because they they had what three of their top four receivers out for this game so i feel like we were trying to still figure out what they were going to do and once we figured that out and the schemes that they were running it it seemed to be uh like auburn's defense really took over well they they were playing some 4d chess here and there because they had trickeration plays that were inside trickeration plays like they they had a guy run out that was leading to look like it was going to be a screen pass. And then they completely switched the field and threw it to another guy. That's over right. On the other. Like, I was like, this is, this is a really well drawn up play. Like For Gus sure. needs to go back and watch the film yeah. and take some of the plays that Oregon ran because in all honesty, it fits within our playbook. It does. And they just, they molded some of what Gus does into another level. Yeah, and, and I, hats off to Oregon for that. It was it, it was, was impressive. fresh. Like you could tell some of the stuff. I, I was just looking at some of their offensive plays and thinking, "Wow!" Like it didn't look that fancy or anything, but they got the ball down the field really quickly. Uh, like it looked like their running backs had holes that, or, or just even bounced off some of our guys. Um, even I think there was a couple times where I was like, "Wow!" I, I don't know how he got out of that tackle and just kept running. Well, that O-line is legit. They oh, are yeah. probably the best so. offensive line we will play all year long. And for our defense to have gotten, I believe, three sacks in the game against that offensive line, that's telling something, man. Yeah, I like, think so. The men up front played their minds out. K.J. Britt came in for a few. Like, gosh, it was a... Uh, we knew it was going to be decided in the trenches in this game. And in the first quarter, we were getting a little beat. For sure. And then we came back three quarters and just shut Oregon down. Yeah, and and you saw well, we know the kind of talent that our defensive line is. Derek Brown, Co. You just got some fantastic guys, and their offensive line pretty yeah. much kept them at bay for the most part in, in the first quarter or so, and a little bit after that. 
And let's not forget to mention Big Cat Bryant, who almost had a touchdown That's right. off of that fumble. Yeah. Big boy Gosh, touchdown. He was so fast. I know. He was actually going pretty quick. And now he was running up against a, I think it was another offensive lineman or something. But he was beating them out. Like, he's not a slow guy. And it took, I think, one of their faster guys to come from behind and get, get a tackle on him at, what, a three-yard line? Yeah. Uh, and that was, a, that was a lights out play by their guy because... yeah. Big Cat Bryant had one more step, he would have been in the end zone. Absolutely, one more step, and he that game I feel like would have felt better going into halftime. Um, like going into halftime, people and I I was somewhat included in this, thinking, "Oh crap!" Like this is uh, <laughs> another thirty minutes of this, um, and, and just thinking. It, sometimes we don't necessarily make huge halftime adjustments. We make make minor things, but I was thinking. We need to make some pretty major second half adjustments to what we're doing because Oregon offensive and defensively, they were doing what they needed to, to keep Auburn. And and to some, I mean, I would say even our fans out of the game. Um, and they said at halftime players came up to Gus and was like, let's just run the ball. We need mm-hmm. to run the ball. And Gus, after the game on that play, right after big hat, Bryant made it down to the three, he said, if he could change anything in the game, that was where he would change it because he made a boneheaded call that lost his five yards right after that. Yeah. And in all honesty, like calling yourself out right after the game on that play was, it's true. And uh, I know Gus will learn from that, which is going to be excellent going forward. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's talk about Auburn and the offense. Obviously, this first half, not great. Second half, developing into something that I, I can see the this almost like the growth coming from what we saw out of the second half and thinking that's just the beginning of something that could flourish into something really amazing. Um, what, what did you see? You mentioned Bo growing up in front of our, our faces. What did you see him grow up in uh, specifically from, from the very beginning, throwing a couple interceptions to getting this – incredible at the end of the game scoring drive to Seth Williams. What what did you see from point A to point B? Well, you know, he, we expected him to make some freshman mistakes and he is, does a great job looking downfield. And some of the areas of opportunity that I think we saw was his ability to be mobile and move forward. Like on that fourth down play where he kept the drive alive and really yeah. saved the game. That was a heads-up play that he made in the second half. I don't know if he would have necessarily made that in the first. The same thing with some of the passes. And granted, our wide receivers need to make a little more effort when he throws the ball up for them to, you know, make a play, looking at you, Sal Canilla. <laughs> and who had the most reception yards, so, you know, he has that. Uh, when Bo went out to throw some of those passes, he was looking to make the ability for the wide receiver to to make a play on the ball and later on down the stretch he was putting it to where only the wide receiver could catch it which was good uh some of the other things his direction of the players during a play Mm -hmm. uh that i know was something that i'm sure he probably did in high school especially as patrick Nix ran an offense very similar to auburn's offense however he really came alive and directed a lot of the team that i saw in the second half that maybe didn't necessarily gel as well in the first half. And one of the other things is he was constantly pressured, right? Oh, yeah. So he had to continuously move out. And I think that's where 
once he realized the mobility that he needed to start taking, he was able to either step up into the pocket or get on the flats and make a play happen. Yeah, and one thing that I, I think he, I've heard him this this game was almost shades of what we saw with Stidham this previous season, where I feel like we we saw if you're getting pressured, just throw the ball away, and you could tell Bo Nix was really doing a, a smart job with managing the ball and knowing I'm not going to get any positive yards out of here. Just throw the ball out where nobody can catch it and just move on, go to the next play. And I think that's a wise and almost, uh, I don't know, young type thing that I feel like a lot of guys just try to want to make a move because they probably could have made that move uh, against the defensive lineman in high school, but they're not able to do that necessarily against a guy that's at a at a d1 school in college uh another thing that i really liked i mean not only was he gutsy but i think he was smart in the second half um not only was gus smart in putting him Bo in a position where he didn't make or didn't have the opportunity to make as many mistakes we handed the ball off more uh but i think in the in the times where Bo had the opportunity to go to, for example, that fourth and three situation, Bo had three different options to go to a couple wide receivers or run the ball. And what does Bo do? He runs the ball. He sees the same gets to the first down marker. We keep going. Uh, and that's, that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's the growing up before our own eyes. Um, let's, let's mention because I, I think we'd be very remiss if we didn't mention that, that absolute amazing, touchdown at the very end um <laughs> i mean next to williams next to sanders i mean like come on like everybody's noting it i mean it's just perfect and i think i mean i i, I don't know this for a fact but i i think gus had something like he was like hey this worked against nicks or with nixon sanders why not do this with nixon <laughs> i mean like i he had to have thought something like that i, I tell you what that was such a ballsy play at the end of the game yeah and i i almost because we've been the recipient of that against lsu when les yeah, miles coached and i was like i can't believe gus malzahn pulled that out of his hat and was like you know what i have faith in these guys mm-hmm. let's try to run this play yeah i and expected we were, us we were at the 45 yard line we had to yeah. get like i was thinking okay you know do another 10 yard out or something but that's a f- true freshman out there doing that like true freshmen typically don't have that kind of moxie to throw a ball that well and that far. And Seth Williams went up. Obviously it was more of a, it wasn't the best of passes, but like it did the job and Seth Williams came down with it and obviously scored. Um, Was there anything else that you, you thought that Bo Nix did really well in this game? Uh, He won us the game. (laughs) That's pretty good. Very important. Looking receivers off was fantastic. Heck, when Eli Stove had that run around and then got us down to like the, uh, was it like the nine or 12 yard line somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah. And then Bo Nix saw that Eli Stove was uncovered mm-hmm. over on the left. Didn't even look at him, but he saw it, snapped the ball as quick as possible and threw it in stride to Eli Stove to score that touchdown. Yeah. That is a senior level type of awareness that Bonix is showing as a true freshman in his first start ever. For sure. And, and that's really cool that you're seeing that already. And then even the couple times where Bonix 
uh, got the defensive line to jump off sides and he gets the snap and then we pass it downfield. One time it actually worked. We got a, you know, 15, 20 yard pass completion, got some extra yardage out of it for a free play. But then the other time, even, you know, it didn't work out, whatever, keep moving down the field. We got five extra free yards for it. So those are pretty cool things to see. Even on a first game, big stage, um, really awesome to see. Um, so we heard with quarterbacks that we'd probably see Joey Gatewood and quote a lot. Obviously, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> well, that that was coming from a source that doesn't make any coaching calls. True, that's very true. <laughs> so Will Hastings can say whatever he wants, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I think in the game, I, I I'm glad Gus stuck with Bonex. Me too. For confidence reasons only. I think that's that'll help Bo Nix confidence. Um because if you know after the second interception or something, Bo gets pulled, Joey comes in for the next possession. I feel like that would hurt. Like that, that would hurt been, him way. That would have been detrimental. That would have been detrimental to his career. And obviously it paid off. Yeah. You know? And it even did. if it hadn't have paid off, I still think as far as building Bo Nix up as a quarterback at the collegiate level, yeah. pulling him out would have been detrimental. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm glad we did what we did. Like I I I'm glad we didn't go back to and people criticize Gus very highly uh, about doing the Clemson you know four or five quarterback system or whatever we were doing that game. And I'm so glad we didn't do that. Um, sure, we did use Boo Whitlow and Wildcat, but that's Wildcat. Like we and we made it work. It's part I feel of like our we offense. Did pretty awesome at it. Yeah, um, I agree. Even though even though you know pretty much what to expect. He, it, I mean, most of the time it seems to work, or at least it did this game. And then obviously the Joey Gatewood, where he does the bow over the top kind of thing, but it was Joey over the top, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, because that, I think we pulled that play out of something that we had done. I don't think we had done that since, well, probably Cam Newton, where he jumps over, over everybody and just you know puts the ball over the line, gets the touchdown. So I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, bow over the top. It's a big play. Yeah. And uh, Joey Gatewood filled it to perfection. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, running backs. We we had some issues with running backs, I feel like, especially early on. I don't know if that was necessarily running back issues, but it sure seemed like we, we were having issues. Um, and maybe that had to do with offensive line, defensive and Oregon's defensive line really wrecking us. Um, but I felt like we, we figured out what they were doing. There were certain schemes because Oregon had a new defensive coordinator come in, bring in some new ideas, new uh, things that he had done in the past to Oregon. And we just, I don't know if we knew what to expect fully. And then once we saw what they were doing, I felt like that's when the running game started going. What what did you think our run game was like this game? Uh, in the second half, it was fantastic. In the first half, it a little lackluster. Uh, I don't know if we necessarily were expecting Oregon to play the way they did on defense. I definitely wasn't. Yeah. They they knew our offense well and they had an answer for really every play that we ran. And for that to happen against an Auburn offense typically isn't what you'll see, but they were well coached and well prepped for this game. And so it was difficult for us to get the ball moving on the ground yeah. in really the first quarter and the first half. But in the second half we really opened it up. Yeah. Uh offensive line came together. And I, think it, and I think that was also, it had to do with, 
I think we were starting to wear down Oregon's defense. For sure. Yeah, that we were definitely the more athletic team, the more deep team when it comes to it, being able to run the ball as quick as possible. Because, you know, Oregon, they run that hurry-up offense just like we do. Yeah. But I feel like it definitely wore on them a lot quicker than it did on us. The yeah. second half, especially in the fourth quarter, you could see they were gassed and we were still running on all cylinders. Yeah, I could see that. And especially when I felt like Booby really started to get going um, towards the second quarter and then really third quarter just just doing his thing um, and ended up getting over 100 yards. Um, it, he was our steady back for sure this game. And he was patient. He did what he needed to do, protected the ball. Um, and then even had a couple – he had that really good bounce-out play where he ended up getting, I think it was like a 31-yard um, yep. rush. And that, that's really uh, – that's what we need. You know, bounce it out if you need to. But, like, he's he'll hit the hole. He'll be patient. He'll keep turning those legs. And uh, that's what he needs to do. Um, what did you think about the other running backs? Because we really didn't use a whole ton of everybody else. The next closest – um, was Cam Martin with four, and then Sean Shires also had four um, carries. How did you feel like we managed our run game this game? Uh, we put a lot on Booby, and I was, you know, on that on that run where he had the thirty-one yarder. They kept him in, and Booby wanted to come out. He was like raising his arm. He's like, "Let me out!" Yeah, right. And then we put him into the Wildcat situation and ran him down to the corner. Probably, yeah, it was like right inside the one. Right inside the one, and he got like smashed between two guys, mm-hmm. and, oh, and he went was down. He, he went down, and I was thinking, I don't think he's hurt. Like, well, I think, I think he was winded. exhausted. I think yeah. he was just winded, and he was like, "Coach, take me out, dang well, it! We have well, other running backs." Well, right before that, you saw it was at least on TV. There was a zoom up on him, and he was like, "You know, take me out! Like, I want to, I want a breather. I need yeah. some oxygen." <laughs> he's like, "I literally just put the team on my back and carried us all the way down here. <laughs> Let me out." Yeah, and so. Right there, though, that tackle could have been a little awkward and mm-hmm. could have hurt him. And in that situation, we have other running backs. Yeah, we do. And, like, and I understand Booby's the best, and it's true. Yeah. But we need to be able to mix it up some. Besides that, you know, uh, Cam Martin has yet to grow his horn. Maybe he will one day. Maybe. Uh, I found one at the Dollar Tree that I can send him. <laughs> it, okay. And then. Ben, if we do. <laughs> if he does have this incredible game. I feel like we need to somehow get that to him. I don't know how. Oh, just bring it to him sure. after the game or something when he's walking out of the stadium and just be like, hey, Cam Martin, <laughs> you grew your unicorn horn. Here you go. And he'll be like, what the heck? I don't want to get punched in the face by Cam Martin. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll be handing him a unicorn horn, but yeah. we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll tweet it at him or something. That'd be funny. Where can I ship this to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Another guy that I was excited to see coming into this for our running backs was um, Harold Joyner. And uh, while Harold Joyner didn't get any rushes, um, he did have a great rollout of the backfield um, and made a huge catch on a wheel route. Um, Good to see him getting involved um, with our offense. And I can only see from this point on that role uh, of him playing in the offense growing even more from game to game. Uh, let's shift to wide receivers. Wide receivers, I don't. I felt like they they really struggled. They struggled to get separation. Um, 
the only one that I saw con- like somewhat consistently get separation, it seemed like, was Will Hastings. And mm. that was early in the game. We got that 38-yard pass to him. But then from that point on, it, it, the wide receivers weren't able to get open. Combine that with Oregon's defensive line getting to Bo Nix pretty dang quickly. Uh, it just made it for a tough night for wide receivers. Um, what was your impression of how our wide receivers did as far as uh, – playing in this game to keep us alive uh there was a lack of effort on the wide receiver core that was really needed to be able to match the effort put in by oregon's defensive backs the fight for the ball when bonix would throw up a one-on-one 50 50 ball and just try to make our receiver make a play Mm -hmm. we didn't come and answer those in most situations uh sal canella was one that i I know i've already called him out and sorry for calling him out twice but (laughs) he's a he's a big man right he's a big target and he had a couple opportunities where the ball was very catchable and he just didn't make the effort one turned into an interception the other one of course he was being held and that was one thing i guess that i i have to be able to that was probably it should have been called a pass there was there was pass interference by oregon most of the night and none of it was called i don't think we got pass interference called on them once maybe i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong but the wide receivers even even since if you're getting held or there's pass interference you got to sell that man like throw your arms up or something please if you if you're not going to put forth the effort to actually try to catch the ball at least show (laughs) that you're getting you know held on to yeah i believe there was one pass interference but I I just can't recall that right now. I felt like there was, and it it kept us moving down the field. I I think there there was one I that it was right going to be like a sure touchdown. It was like a forty yard play, and that's they, right. They like grabbed on and just like yeah. threw him to the ground. Which I in, I, I was a DB in high school, and in that, that case, sense. like yeah, that's that's <laughs> a beat. pass interference. Like that's a pass interference call where you're happy to get it called. You're oh, yeah, like, absolutely. please. Well, well, that was, was like the I last think the play of the pass, game. I think the pass interference was at it was in the end zone, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, like NFL rules, we would have gotten the ball at what the two yard line or something. But it's college, college. rules; it's only fifteen yard penalty. It's only fifteen yards from where the previous play was. So, I mean, that's pretty great. <laughs> well, when Seth Williams made that huge catch at the end of the game, mm-hmm. he had the defender's arms around him, the defender's knee up in his groin, <laughs> and. He still made that catch. He did. I didn't see a flag for pass interference, by the way. I did see yeah. one for excessive celebration where he spiked the ball, and he very much should have because I'm that glad was amazing. Did. Me too. But still, there was still no call on that after yeah. being manhandled on the two-yard line. Right. So it, it is what it is. But the, uh, the wide receiver core, very, very talented. I think the next two games will be good for them to be able to really step it up and get ready for Texas A&M, who's going to be, uh, I think, more of a shootout as well. Yeah. Uh, one thing to also note, so I, I I was watching Will Hastings, obviously, at the beginning with that great long pass, but then mm-hmm. I noticed his playtime dropped off significantly. I think it was in the second quarter, and uh, I think it was Peter Green uh, from the E2C Network. He he was, uh, I don't know if it was ever on TV or anything, but like he, he saw that uh, – one of the trainers took away Will Hastings' helmet, uh, probably because of concussion. Uh, that's what we're suspecting. I don't know if there's any official word out about that, but um, 
I hope he he's back because I don't think we saw him at all in the second half. And he's he's such a great safety valve for any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to have him back for sure. He's just so fast too, and he's so good at getting open and being like what you said, the go-to man. Say that you check down all of your receivers. Will Hastings is typically going to be somewhere ready to catch a ball. Yeah. I'm glad Seth Williams at the end of the game obviously made those two great catches at the end to get us within within scoring range and then make that great touchdown catch at the end. I just felt like he I was wondering where where's Seth Williams? Where where was he for the first like 3 quarters? It seemed like he was almost non-existent. Well, true. Um, like I think his first catch was like a negative 3 screen pass or something and we we were just trying to get him you know get him going and it just seemed to be shut down with him so i don't know what what's up with him he he seemed a little frustrated um but i hope i really do hope um that he gets his gets back into it and is able to be i think has the capability of being like he almost was last year the one of the main guys that we go to um at wide receiver yeah and i think that that just comes with time and you know much like we said at the beginning the Knicks to Sanders type role, I think, is going to be the Knicks to Williams type role going forward. And Seth Williams will most likely be the target for some of those really fantastic plays. Yeah. I think Matthew Hill may be the same on the other side. Matthew Hill, of course, only had one reception for one yard yeah. in this game. But I uh, I definitely see the talent there from him as well. Yeah, We've got some very, very talented wide receivers I think it's just really getting them involved with the offense and getting a little more play under their belt. These next yeah. two games will be really good for that. Yeah, and and getting well, you have to remind remind yourself, even though Bo Nix is a really good quarterback, this was his first college game with these guys. As much as he's been playing with them in practice and in the off season, it, it's the first game. You gotta still like. I feel like you gotta work out some kinks that that come with the quarterback two wide receiver and the chemistry that goes on with that. And I think that that'll only see it. That should only get better with time um, with, with those guys. Yeah. First game against a defense that was honestly very, very good and very well prepared. Oh yeah. And I think sure. that was the biggest thing they've had all off season to look at the Auburn offense and prepare for what we were bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, they did a great job pre- in preparation. Yeah. Um, before we move off of, uh, the offense. I just wanted to give a shout out Spencer Nye, the fullback guy, <laughs> my man. I've been keeping an eye on you, buddy. Uh, for the last three years, he's been a walk on. Got scholarship just a couple weeks before the season started. He got a ton of play time. May not have made every single play the best he, he could have. He might have missed a few blocks. Yeah. But he made sure to always hit a guy. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Go back and watch some of the plays where he does miss his block. He'll run around until he finds someone that hasn't been blocked, and he will run into them. And it's yeah. hilarious. Well, there was even, I think it's on the highlight video, it was a tough run from Booby. And I, I can't remember if Spencer and I got an immediate block uh, where he's going up and trying to hit somebody. But then he goes and finds somebody, and he's just... He's he's seeking that contact, and we we need that. You need a physical guy, especially for, sure. set, for somebody stepping into the big shoes of Chandler Cox from uh, the, pretty much the past four seasons where we've uh, had him at H back. And Spencer Knight, he rolled out for a nine yard pass, so he's That's true. 
he's trying to be Chandler Cox 2.0. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. And if we can get him uh, some more playtime, I mean, he seems to have pretty decent hands. Um, get get him the ball. I, I'm okay with a big guy getting nine yards a, a reception. I'm all about that. Absolutely. Uh, let's shift over to defense. Um, defense, I think, again, and I think this will keep us in so many games. Uh, like we did last season when our offense was having issues, defense kept us in the game. Um, in the second second half, I mean, you saw it really come alive. And even in the second quarter, too, um, holding them, like to I said, 23 yards in the second quarter. You saw the defense really figuring out what they were doing on offense, Oregon was. Um, you saw K.J. Britt. I'm so glad KJ, uh, Jeremiah Denson, Christian Tut, like those are the three guys. I think those are the, there should be some really good guys on our defense um, that are just going to continue to be up there and and making big plays for our defense. Ben, what what do you think of our defense uh, taking on this Oregon team that really started out really hot at the beginning? Yeah, well, one uh, Oregon knew what we were going to do on defense and they prepped for our schemes and they disguised a lot of their plays, which made it difficult for us to get any penetration. And one of the other things is they had a fantastic offensive line. So to be able to get back and put pressure on the quarterback, it it took a lot of effort for us to figure out how to open up those holes. However, we did uh, three sacks on the day, which was great. And six tackles for loss. So we got into the backfield. Yep. And and that's something I mean, it's not, you know, great. It's not the best game ever, but three sacks is three sacks. And a lot of those came in very key situations during the game when we needed to make the second and four a second and nine or a third and nine. So you get the sack, get the guy, get uh, get the quarterback a few extra yards back. I mean, that's that's huge. That puts the Oregon offense in a really hard situation to get that first down and keep the drive going. Yeah, and that... That offensive line knew Derek Brown is a is a man. Mm-hmm. Nick Coe is a man. Marlon yeah. Davidson is a man. And they were <laughs> they were doing whatever they could to keep them from getting in. And that opened up uh the lanes for really KJ Britt to step up and just be a boss in this area. Uh Zacoby McLean came in as well. Big Cat Bryant filling in some of the areas coming after uh the sack and getting the backfield. It it was a, a really all around defensive battle and when you look at the way that we held Oregon in the second quarter and the second half it was by far the growth of the defense learning kind of how Oregon was going to run the ball Mm -hmm. and when it came down to it we held them under 100 yards rushing the defense stalled so stout and after the first quarter where we gave up 170 yards Mm -hmm. we didn't let them double that yeah, and, and so that, and and outgained uh, Oregon and on offense heard, versus defense. And from what I've heard, the Oregon offense is similar to Auburn's in a way. They they like to run first, mm-hmm. and both of their running backs were very capable. Uh, Verdello and Die, both of those guys, I, I believe both of them, like one of them had over a thousand, one had seven hundred yards this past season. Like they're 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 guys that get the yards. And we sh- we were able to shut them down, which is awesome. Uh, I also wanted to say, I mean, I was keeping a pretty good eye on the DBs and the safeties. 
I feel like mm. at the beginning of the game, like we we had some real bad issues. Like there was blown coverages, and I don't know what was going on. Like that did that just didn't seem like the defense and secondary. The I mean, I considered them to be uh, more senior type type guys in the secondary, but it no, ended for up sure. being like it, they pretty much poked holes in what our secondary was early on. Well, I, I have to call out. So every every year we have a, a Davis watch, and we've had the Javaris Davis watch for a mm-hmm. bit. And Javaris Davis, man, like you gotta feel a little bit, a little bit of uh, of shame for probably going on Oregon's uh, highlight reel for the year. Where <laughs> You're probably right, you don't even jump up in the end zone and then get thrown to the ground. Yeah, that, and that, that was look, a play that the uh, Herbert would he just got nailed. Yeah, Mid-section. and he threw up a prayer. I know. Threw up a prayer to the end zone, and Javaris Davis was flat-footed. And I love mm-hmm. Javaris Davis, so I'm not yeah. trying to. This is this is a constructive criticism, buddy. But absolutely, he you you gotta jump up, man. At least I I realize he's huge and much taller than you are, but try to make a play on the ball. I know, right? And, and I know the height difference was pretty significant there. I think. The guy he was going up against was what six foot six or something. He's five yeah, foot he's ten, a tall tight end, I believe. So there's like there's eight inches difference, but yeah. I, I relate that back to when I had to guard guys that were taller and bigger than me. You still have to jump up. It's not going to help you to be on the ground, especially against a guy like that. Um, it at least gives them a challenge to and go it, up and get the ball. In that case, when he's throwing up a, a prayer for a forty yard pass interference, is fine. Well, that too. Don't give up a touchdown. Don't stand flat footed and then get thrown onto the ground. I know, right? Like it was just a little embarrassing right there. But then he stepped it up. He uh, yeah. he made some good plays in the second half. So yeah, um, I I was overall impressed with our defense, and despite the criticism that we did have, I felt like we're we just got to get into being our defense and getting those new linebackers that we have ready to go for the next big game that we have um, in Texas A&M. And that's just going to take some time. I think it's just going to take time for them to, to get there. Um, Not that they did anything bad. I just think that that role needs some good development there. Um, So later down the season, we can rely on not only our defensive line, we can rely on our linebackers as well. Hmm. Um. Let's talk about the special teams. Special teams was, I'd say, pretty good. It could have been better. Um, if you go listen to or go read um, Austin Scott, he does our thumbs up, thumbs down on the E2C network.com. Uh, that's our review of how, uh, the written review of how we think each each offense, defense, and special teams does. Um, and, and I thought it was... Uh, like at first I saw he gave us a thumbs up and I was thinking really give us a thumbs up because the the thing that I was questioning was punt coverage and mm. we had so much issues with that um it seemed like every punt that went up from Aaron Sibis was run back and run back a very far away yeah um as far as punt returns I mean the guy averaged 43.7 yards and had a long of 81 yards. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, but then I looked at it from 
That was my first gut reaction as far as special teams. My next reaction was, well, at least Anders made a couple field goals. He made a 25-yarder and a 40-yarder, which, you know, in a, in effect, got us points on the board, kept us in the game. At halftime, we're only down by eight when we could have been down by 14. Um, and then Aaron Sippis didn't do a terrible job. I mean, he did a decent job as far as punting. I just, 45-yard average. Yeah, it's pretty good. good. He was now, bombing like, some 70-yarders before the game, so I don't know where yeah, those went. But I don't know either. It would have been nice to at least have one or two terrible. of those. It, yeah. it would have been nice. For sure. And, and I think one thing to improve for this next game for Aaron Sippis is probably get a little bit more hang time because yep. it, it seemed like the Oregon returner, punt returner, had plenty of time to make a few moves and then just get down the field. Like our, our I felt like last year it was pretty rare for it seemed like a guy to actually get a decent punt return. So I don't know what that if if that's actually a you can look at that and be like for sure this guy's Aaron's not getting as much airtime, hang time for it, but it seemed like that, at least to me. Well that uh before Big Cat Bryant's fumble recovery and run back, that was a, a punt return right there, wasn't it? That got him down to somewhere uh, in the red zone. I believe so. Let me go look back at that real quick. Yeah, I think it was uh, Javon Holland on Oregon's team just returned it 81 yards or something like that. It was insane. I feel like our special teams did pretty well. Uh, they did good enough. Um, even our punt returns, Christian Tut stepping in there, and he took he had five returns, average of uh, 12.8, um, and then had a huge return of 41 yards. Um those are pretty awesome things like that. And then even in that big 41 yard return, that was when he got hit out of bounds. Um, or yeah, was it him or somebody else that got hit out of bounds? It was something like that. I was thinking, all right, let's, let's keep this big return going and just, (laughs) uh, capitalize off of Oregon's frustration. Um, so I don't know. And then speaking of special teams, come on, Oregon did, you hire, I mean, hire because Alabama obviously pays their kickers. No, I'm just kidding. They don't kick, pay their kickers because yeah, they all Alabama do. missed their first <laughs> field goal this year. Yeah, they did. So, and I honestly, I don't know who's making some of the shirts for Oregon, but I saw some uh, some Alabama slurs on some jerseys and some t-shirts, and I don't appreciate that Oregon. <laughs> so uh, I'll. I'll be pulling for the Ducks the rest of the year because I want to look good. But well, and guys, I think Oregon is a good team. Like, yeah, I, I no, genuinely for sure. think they're going to win some. A I lot think of they're games. probably going to win the Pac-12. They should I genuinely if they play they like will. they did against us. They will. Yeah, because they were they were a very well coached team. But come on, what are you doing putting putting Alabama slurs on your <laughs> on your fan stuff? Take that I off. Know. That's ridiculous. Know. Um, and get a better kicker. Because they missed a twenty yarder. <laughs> they do, yes. You miss a twenty yarder. That is a. I mean, I think that was right at what you normally make for an extra point, and you missed it. Come on, buddy. Come on. I mean, I was glad. Oh Don't yeah. Don't get me wrong. Very much. Very much. But down the stretch, you guys need to figure it out. Yeah. Um. I also wanted to mention. Um. I thought those was kind of interesting, and it's just a couple things that I noted. Uh, that seemed to be different from last season. I'm pretty sure this one was. Um, they put cameras on the first down marker. 
did you did you notice that Ben on TV where they actually had a camera on the first down marker? I noticed there were pylon cams, which I well, was very happy well, to have. Yeah, the same thing, but on the first down marker. I didn't so, notice that. No. Yeah, awesome. so it made it the first downs like you, you have a camera on the first down line. Yeah. So if there's a play coming, like where Bo Nix had close, his. Yeah, those kind of plays that gets you a great angle on where the ball is when the guy goes down. So I thought that was a really cool innovation that um, we're now doing in the NCAA for for football. Is that for every game, or is that just because it was in the Cowboys stadium and it was a kickoff game and, like, the highlight game? I think it's every game. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I I think that would be really awesome. I I don't know if they've installed pylon cams in Mississippi State yet, so... <laughs> we'll see if they, they did then uh it. yeah um another thing that i noted um was the the coaching i felt like oregon their head coach made a couple dumb things uh dumb i don't know like something just wasn't <laughs> like he, he, was, he was not doing great he things. was very very overconfident and potentially i think that i mean was... like as far as call, calling plays like i give him credit he did a great job getting his guys ready but it was like the very first play of the game, it was they had to call a timeout because they didn't know what they were gonna do the first play. <laughs> Are you kidding? That was me? great. Like it, it, Auburn scripts their very first plays of yeah the first whatever drive. game they're playing in. Like they have that scripted down. Like they have their eight plays or whatever that they've got ready to go. The guys know exactly what's gonna happen, so they can go 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 go. And they couldn't even get their first play off. I just thought that was hilarious. Um, and then at the end of the game. When uh, Herbert, uh, he he got hit. He got hit real hard, and yeah, he had to come knee. out of the game. They called a timeout and thought, "Oh, we can put him in." And he tried to come back in. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to call another timeout to get him out and have their backup quarterback come in. And I was like, "Hmm, yeah, that's pretty hilarious." <laughs> I just thought it was great. Yeah, that was that was poor coaching mistakes. Yeah. And then we uh, uh, then we stopped him and got the ball back, which was fantastic. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, a couple other things I wanted to mention. Um, so if you haven't noticed on our podcast feed, uh, there's another football podcast that the E2C Network we're putting out, uh, and it's called the Boom Tracker. Uh, and it's this excellent. is this is awesome. Like the, these guys put a lot of effort into looking at the recruits that not only for football but basketball soccer everything like they're they're looking at what what auburn's doing as far as recruiting getting these guys and girls to come to auburn um so definitely check out that show because i think uh that's something that that they do extremely well um i thought there was one really funny uh line just to give you a taste of what what they what they're doing over there um and they were talking about uh just the what was it the mama booby whitlow uh <laughs> drill um because last week or the week after or a couple weeks ago um tank bigsby one of the guys who just committed to auburn verbally had three fumbles and they were talking about <laughs> mama booby whitlow's drill of you know he had she had booby whitlow get down and do push-ups because he fumbled the ball a couple times last season in critical situations so i thought that was kind of interesting um and really i thought it was funny so i just want to give you a taste of that for sure that's definitely uh, 
go check them out fantastic podcast on the network i listen to it every week that we've had one and it just adds more depth on the recruiting side that i've never had visibility into and never cared to look into (laughs) but now i look forward to it man it's fantastic so those guys are doing a fantastic job and currently we're in competition for uh one of the players out for bid right now uh against south carolina and after south carolina lost to unc and their program's going nowhere i I expect yeah. to see some movement with that guy. So, good That'd stuff. Really uh, cool. Good stuff for the boom hammer. I, I love to hear them say that they they want to drop the boom. And, <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, right? Yeah, boom boom tracker is where it's at. So, definitely go take a listen to them as well. Yeah, get your recruiting news for Auburn in uh, with the boom tracker. Uh, another couple of things, just wanted to mention uh, former Auburn players, um, Malik Willis, um, as we know in the off season transferred from Auburn to Liberty. Uh, but sadly the NCAA denied him the waiver to play this season. So he's going to have to sit out a season. Very unfortunate for him. Um, that he's going to have to sit out another season. He'll, I think he's very close to getting his degree anyway. So probably get a, a his degree. I, 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 he might even transfer again. He might even be like a grad transfer and go somewhere else. In all honesty, like right now, Buckshot on Liberty's team is by far their starter. Mm -hmm. So it may benefit him to be able to have another year of eligibility under his belt available for when Hugh Freeze is back on his feet. Because I don't know if you watched that, but Hugh Freeze literally coached the game from a a hospital bed that they rolled in. That's right. Didn't he have like a staph infection or something? Yeah, staph infection after like a back surgery or something like that. So crazy. So it uh it's gonna be a long season for Liberty this year. They just got stomped. Yeah. So it, it it may be a good thing that uh you know Malik Willis can have a year just to get better and use their training staff and not have to worry about losing a year of eligibility and then be able to play a couple years at Liberty. Yeah. Um and then another player that we uh that just went to the NFL, Jarrett Stidham. Um, so there was some news that Brian Hoyer, who was the veteran backup right behind uh, Tom Brady, ended up getting dropped by the Patriots. And I think that just has to give Jerry Sidham some really good confidence that, hey, I can make it in the NFL and I can play potentially in uh, as the the heir right after um, well, Tom Brady ends up probably retiring the next few years. We're going to see Jarrett this year. I guarantee oh, yeah. it. Yeah. He's all I've heard is positive things coming out of training camp, and he has really taken hold of his position as the backup and now being the true backup. I I, I think it's going to be fantastic for him. The experience he'll get over the next couple of years, learning from the goat, and then man, I I guarantee we'll see him on the field a couple a couple games this year once the Patriots get up on some of these really crappy teams in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll get some good play time and really show what he can do. Um, because not only can he pass, but he's got some legs where he can get out if he really needs to and get some extra yards. Um, so he's not the most uh, mobile, but he's very no, similar to Tom Brady. Not. Yeah. He can get out if he needs to. Yeah. And that will happen. Pockets will break down. You need to get out of that. Um, so, I just think that's really cool that uh, he's he's pretty much he's solidified at this point his number two role at quarterback. Um, so really cool to you see know, that. I was talking to one of the one of my coworkers that's also an Auburn grad, and he said it's going to be really sad when uh, Jarrett Sidham's out there 
leading the NFL in passing yards, and we never really utilized him for that. Which, in one case, it is, but at the same time, you know, remember 2017 and all the success yeah. we had with him there. 2018 was not a bad year, mm-hmm. and he really aired it out in his last game. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm really happy that an Auburn grad is going to be another Auburn grad is going to be excellent quarterback in the NFL. Love Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. It's going to be pretty yeah. cool. And I think it also has to do with our our the way we run our offense. Even when Chip Lindsey was here, uh, that it was mostly run. We did have I feel like a good bit of passing, obviously in there, but we're we're so run heavy. And we at that point we had guys like Ryan Davis, where you give him a a bubble screen and he gets seventy yards, high probability passes that go for seventy yards. I'm not gonna pass that up. <laughs> Um, and that's just the way we played and it may not have shown off every aspect of Jarrett Stidham's arm, but obviously it was enough for the Patriots to, you know, put some hope into him, uh, that they'd potentially, that's going to be the guy that once Tom Brady retires, potentially this could be their, their official, this is going to be the guy that's going to be the QB one for the Patriots. I have no doubt that Jarrett Stidham will have a very long career at the New England Patriots. I just think he fits the system so well. Yeah. Um, before we go, Ben, uh, do you want to give the people your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And on game day, check out Captain Plainsman on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you? <laughs>